What's going on? And welcome to the Cup of Mets podcast, uh, season two, episode 16. I'm your host, Ian Bosniak. Rob will be back in episode 17. Uh, before we get going here, just remember to give us a follow on Instagram, on Twitter, on YouTube, and then on TikTok, which we will be launching shortly. Um, we are at Cup of Mets. And also be sure to uh, rate and subscribe our podcast here on whether it's Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. So. You know, we won't dive we won't dive fully into the Yankee series, the short uh two game stint with with the you know Bronx Bombers. Uh we won the first game nine three. Justin Berlander pitched a fantastic game. Um, you know, the, the bats really lit up there after dropping two of three um in Boston first game, which was a monsoon. Rob and I were there. Um Rob will detail it more next week. Great experience. Um you know, we got to go to Fenway twice because we went to the resumption. Um, but anyway, you know, we'll, I'll touch upon that. But, um, you know, essentially, after losing two of three, they went nine to three against the Yankees in game one. And then, uh, you know, last last night, Jose Quintana takes the bump and the bats just go completely cold against Car Carlos Rodon, who has really struggled thus far. Um, you know, Rodon through five and two thirds of an inning and, and he, listen, he, he pitched well, he did walk three batters and, um, the Mets definitely did have their opportunities. They went over five with runners in scoring position. They left seven men on base. Um, Jose Quintana picked up a second consecutive loss, um, in as many starts with that said, uh, with that said, he did go six innings allowed, uh, three runs, just two of them earned. He did walk three batters, um, and he struck out five, uh, Quintana has looked good though. Uh, however, through his first two starts, as I mentioned, he's got a 327 ERA over those first two starts. And I like what I see. I, I see that zip that I saw last year um, with the Pirates and with the Cardinals, uh, the zip that maybe I was a little concerned would, um, you know, disappear uh, when he came into the orange and blue, just because, you know, he, he really hadn't had a solid season in the major league since 2018. Um, 2019 was the last time that I even made 30 starts in a season. So I was skeptical of the signing. Uh, with that said, you know, he, he definitely looked good. Um, and it's a good sign that he's that, you know, he he's pitching and Jose Quintana all of a sudden has turned into a potential trade candidate. Um, the market, it appears, it appears to be a seller's market right now. Teams are paying um, quite a price and, you know, a team like the angels just acquired uh, Lucas Giolito today, as well as a big time reliever in Ronaldo Lopez, and they gave up their second and third best prospects. So it's out there for the taking. And right now, somebody that's under contract, if Quintana, I mean, he won't have another start in the orange and blue um, if the Mets trade him, um, if my math adds up correctly in terms of the date. But He's only owed $13 million next year, and then he's a free agent. So the team that would be getting him would be getting him, you know, down the stretch um, into the postseason, which he pitched well for uh, in the card for the Cardinals last year in the wild card round. And then you'd also be getting him for under contract next year. Obviously, that put would put the Mets in a bind uh, in terms of their pitching moving forward. With that said, if yeah, Steve Cohen is willing to eat that $13 million that could bring in teams one, uh, you know, one or two players within a team's top 20 prospects. Right. So the Mets have to take that into consideration uh, considering they do have, you know, the likes of Sanga um, Verlander, and then a guy like Max Scherzer, obviously Max Scherzer has been brought up in trade talks. 
listen, he's owed $43 million next year. He hasn't pitched well this year, right? That's a fact. 420 ERA, 478 FIP, a 414 expected FIP, and he's only posted an, a 0.7 war. So no, he has not been good. He has made all 18 of his starts though, okay? The other thing as well is that he's had an up and down season when it comes to neck spasms, back pain, uh, the stickiness on his hand when he got suspended, right? And in addition to that, a guy like Max Scherzer, along with many veterans throughout the league, is are struggling with the pitch clock, right? So to me, when I've watched Scherzer this year, I've seen him be brilliant. I've seen him just be good, and I've seen him be bad, right? And the fact that he can still be brilliant and the fact that he still, you know, has that velocity and he still can, you know, divvy up the slider and the curveball when he wants to um, and mix in that change and really deceive the hitter, um, you know, when he's on his A game. To me, I just feel as if even it doesn't matter how much money Steve Cohen would eat when it comes to a Max Scherzer deal. I think the value may lie in holding Scherzer through next season. Um, again, $43 million is a lot of money, but Cohen would have to eat a chunk of that. And with a 478 FIP, what are you getting from another team, right? Obviously you would get two or three prospects within, within a team's top 30 prospects, but they may not be, you know, your upper echelon because Max Scherzer right now is not pitching like the Max Scherzer and what impact he will have for a team down the stretch. We don't necessarily know. Look what happened. Um, you know, two years ago when he went to the Dodgers, look what happened last year when he pitched for the Mets in the wild card round, right? He struggled against the Padres. So teams will be skeptical uh, when it comes to Scherzer, and it's not even just because of the money, right? You know, I won't dive into all the potential trade candidates um, because I'll touch upon that shortly. With that said, you know, there are arguments for, as I said, there are arguments for, I mean, I guess, listen, the Mets start a four-game series with the Nationals tonight. Kodai Sanga takes the bump. So, you know, we have to, if the Mets end up winning all four, they'll still be 51 and 54, three games underneath 500, right? Me personally, I'm in sell mode, but I'm not in hard sell mode. I'm not selling Verlander. I'm not selling Scherzer. Um, I'm definitely not selling well on Scherzer, but I'm not selling, I'm not selling Verlander. Um, I'm not selling Alonzo. I know I've brought that up in the past, but I'm not selling some of these guys. I would look to move a fam, a Canna, a Robertson. I know the impact Robertson has made, right? Um, even a, a an Adam Adovino, if a team's interested, okay? But maybe a soft sell if the Mets were to sweep let's say let's say you know baseball gods help us out let's say the Mets sweep the four game series from the Nationals again they still need to leap the Padres the Cubs the Marlins and the Diamondbacks even to get into that wild card conversation with that said they are only six games back in the in the in the in the loss column so there are definitely people that are saying the Mets should buy a couple pieces and see if they can make a postseason push, but they are seven and a half games back and they are seven games below 500. So to me, you're selling. Um, and then again, I think that you could also make an argument that maybe a soft sell would work better. If the Mets do sweep the nationals and if they do gain some ground, 
Maybe you trade Adovino. Maybe you trade Mark Canna. And you hold a guy like David Robertson um, through the end of the season. And you hold Tommy Pham through the end of the season. Or they could trade Pham or they could trade Canna, whoever they want um, out of the two, right? But they can also do something like that. Um, a reliever in Adovino, you'd probably get one or two prospects. Maybe you'd probably get one prospect uh, between the team's 20 and 30 top prospects. Um, fam, you would probably get um, a prospect or two, but Canna uh, would probably draw the less. And I don't really see the value in trading Canna unless, again, you're doing that soft sell. Um, but again, to me, you're either selling or you're soft selling because the Mets right now, between the lack of depth within the farm system, the need for other areas in the ball club, and the constraints, even with the Steve Cohen's pockets, the constraints within the budget. I just think that the writings on the wall that unfortunately 2023 is not 2022, that 2023 probably most likely is not our year. You know, as we sit here today on July 27th, we have a 14.4% chance of making the playoffs according to Fangraph. So again, to me, we're selling. So, you know, who's going to be traded, right? To me, the likely candidates are Pham, Robertson, and Canna. Um, I think that the potential candidates are Omar Nervaez, who I didn't touch upon before, um, Jose Quintana, and Adam Adovino. Um, Adovino does have a player option for next season. Um, therefore, he's somebody that a team could look at and say that he's going to end up rebounding. Um, and that he would be a good pickup, not only for the rest of this season, but going into next year, you know how hard it can be to build a bridge um, in the back end of the bullpen. So Adovina would be somebody that the Mets could potentially shop. Omar Nervaez, right? Omar Nervaez is also under contract for next year as well. Nervaez has a $7 million player option for next season. He's also somebody that can be moved. And he's only played in 22 games thus far for the Mets. And, um, you know, when he's played, He's played pretty well, right? I mean, he doesn't hit the cover off the ball. We know that. He does have some pop. Um, and he's been a great influence on Francisco Alvarez. But there are definitely are a lack of catchers, um, productive catchers within the major leagues. And there have even been rumblings like the Yankees may have inquired about Omar Nervaez because there's definitely a fit there. The Yankees have really bad production um, out of their catching situation ever since Jose Trevino went down. Therefore, a potential fit could be with the Crosstown Yankees. To be honest, me speaking, Rob may have a different opinion, and I, I bet he does, but I don't give a shit. You can trade Nervias to the Yankees. It's not like Omar Nervias is the piece that gets them over the hump to win a World Series. Maybe he could. I don't know. But, you know, there, there are certain things that you can do. There's There are teams that are looking for backstops. And the Mets have somebody that's also under contract for next year in Tomas Nito and the Miners. I know you don't want to hear the name, but... They could bring Nito back up for the rest of the season if they were to trade Nervaez. Nito and Albers can work together, and then the Mets can cut Nito loose after the year if they bring somebody else in, because um, he's only owed, uh, you know, a million. Uh, I think a million eight, right? So there's definitely things that they can do there. Um, Jose Quintana, I think that Jose Quintana is definitely an interesting case. I know I brought him up before, making thirteen million dollars this year and next. It's tough right now for teams to build that starting pitching. And I think that if teams are looking at him saying he definitely still has the juice and he's healthy ever since the injury, 
then you're looking at an impact impactful piece down the stretch for a team that's contending. So I think that Jose Quintana is definitely on the table. Um, the guys like Fam Robertson and Canna, you know, what could we expect when it comes to a return? Um, as I said before, I think that a guy like David Robertson would probably uh, give you a good prospect, maybe a team's between a 10, 15 prospect overall within their system, you know, according to MLB pipeline, um, even a little bit earlier, depending on the team, right. It could be, could be a prospect five and up, right. So, or five through 30, right. So I think Robertson is definitely, cause he's a, as I said, building a bridge to your closer is a big issue and it's a massive um, component down the stretch and into the postseason because relievers are relied upon much more, especially those who have experience like a David Robertson, um, Tommy Pham, uh, I think can bring you Tommy Pham has been hitting the cover off the ball and he's another player that if he's deemed healthy, that he, he can bring you a prospect, you know, nothing wild, but he'll bring you a prospect, um, between the team's 20 and 30th prospect. And then Mark Canna, listen, I'm not really sure what the Mets can get Mark for Mark Canna. Um, his contract is expiring at the end of the season. I think what they could do is I think that they can maybe package uh, two players together. I know that there were rumors that, um, you know, Mark, that the Seattle Mariners had interest in um, the likes of Mark Hanna as they tried to sign him a few years ago. I think that could definitely be on the table. Um, but again, a team, the team does have a club option for him for next season as well. Um, but again, I think that, at $11.5 million for next season, the Mets are going to cut Marcana loose. So I think Marcana would be definitely uh, a piece that's moved, but I also think that he is a big component of the clubhouse. Uh, but I also think that a team may want a right-handed bat. And if a team wants a right-handed bat and a reliever, Hey, we have a package. We can ship Canna and Robertson off together. Um, as I said before, the likes of Max Scherzer and Justin Verlander, I think the likelihood right now of them being trade, traded is um, pretty low. I actually think it's more of a likelihood that a guy like Justin Verlander would be traded than um, Max Scherzer, just based on how dominant Justin Verlander has been as of recent. Uh, Verlander has uh, lowered his season ERA to 3.24, uh, and his war um, sits just below... Kodai Sanga at 1.6 um, and just 15 starts. So a guy like Justin Verlander, especially with what he's been showing lately, teams would definitely be interested. It just It's just a matter of, A, what would the Mets get? How much money would they have to eat? And who would actually be fits considering the price tag that's attached to him? Verlander's owed um, $43 million next season. And then he has a vesting option in 2025 um, if he pitches 140 innings next season, he looks good to me. And I, I'm, I said it earlier and I'll say it again, do not trade Justin Verlander, Billy Epler, Steve Cohen, do not trade Justin Verlander, bring Justin Verlander back, make him your one next year, bring Max Scherzer back. If you don't get a team to overpay for him, make him your two, make him your three, um, bring in another starter. Right. And then, and again, this is if they trade Quintana and then you roll out with a rotation next year of the likes of, of Verlander, Verlander, Sanga, Scherzer, 
you have those three under contract and then you can play with those other two, right? You know that you have Peterson and McGill as insurance. I know people don't want to hear that because we saw what insurance they provided this year and it has been atrocious. So therefore, you know, uh, the Mets would have to beef up in the off season when it comes to the starting pitching. But I think they're that they're already aware of that. There's been rumors um, and links of them with, pitchers uh from japan and the likes of uh uh yamamoto um so that could be an option as well and there are a few uh you know good arms on the market this offseason that could potentially be fits and i mean just to go to show you just to go back to why i think that justin verlander would be the more appealing piece not only because of the way that he's playing obviously but verlander over his last seven starts has thrown 44 innings uh and pitched to the tune of a 205 era 37 strikeouts in those 44 innings. So he hasn't gotten the strikeouts that we're accustomed to from Justin Verlander. He's thrown 89 innings this season and he's only struck out 76 batters, but he knows how to work with his stuff. He uses all, all four, all five of his pitches, mixes everything up. Um, you know, you still see him throwing 93, 94 in the early goings, then pump it to 95, 96, and then lower it down and bring it back up. And, um, Listen, I think that Verlander still has a few years that he's going to be um, a very competitive pitcher at the highest levels. And I think that it would be a disservice to the Mets for their 2024 season, which will be an all-in season, right? Um, I think that Verlander has to be a New York Mets. So before we wrap up here, episode 16, season two, and we let you get to the Mets Nationals opener, which... You'll probably hear this afterwards. Kodai Sanga will be taking on uh, Josiah Gray, the 2023 All-Star. Um, tomorrow, it'll be Max Scherzer versus Mackenzie Gore. On, on Saturday, it'll be Carlos Carrasco and Patrick Corbin. And then on this, in the series finale on Sunday, it'll be Justin Verlander versus our former friend Trevor Williams. Before the Mets head off to Kansas City, and that's another three-game series that the Mets could take advantage of. So again, if they were to sweep Washington, they would be... 51 and 54. If they were to take two out of three or maybe sweep the Royals, we'll be sitting a game under 500 or at 500. Um, the test then is then we head to Baltimore for three um, and Baltimore is cruising and they look like the top dogs in the ALE. So these next four games is what will be it for the New York Mets. This could uh, potentially put the final, final nail in the coffin, uh, but Listen, guys, it's it's been a it's been a fun season and we've been through this before. Uh, but I have all the faith in Steve Cohen that, you know, he'll, you know, push this push this boat in the right direction um, and really amp up this offseason, bring in a president of baseball ops and the likes of David Stearns and um, really let him assess what's going on, bring in some free agents and um, have the Mets return to their 2022 form. Uh We'll be back in a couple of days. Uh, Rob and I here for episode 17. Again, for Ian Bosniak, thank you very much. Be sure to follow us on Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, and TikTok. We are at Cup of Mets. And also be sure to rate and subscribe our podcast on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Again, for Ian Bosniak, good night, everybody. Let's go Mets.